0: Good people, you are listening to Feel Free to Deviate, the podcast about people, their careers, and their relationships with success. My name is Jim Turbert, and I'm the host. The guest on this episode is Arna Reimer. He's a photographer and music lover who makes books. He's also German, but I don't know if that matters. He has taught at various institutions of higher learning and is currently working as a book expert for an Austrian publisher. He's worked in photography his entire adult life, and I, I think that's quite an accomplishment. It takes a lot of perseverance to do that, or perhaps it's single-mindedness. I'll leave it up to you to decide which it is. Either way, that's why I've asked him to be on the show. Also, I haven't talked to him for at least 10 years, and if you haven't noticed, me catching up with old friends is one of the themes of the show. It's a great episode, and it was wonderful for me to get in some good old-fashioned photo dork talk. I don't do that enough. In fact, I think I should get more photo guests on here. Perhaps you're thinking that I already have a lot of photo guests, but I disagree. Regardless, there are some universal nuggets in here, so don't go thinking that the episode isn't for you simply because you don't work in photography. I mean, I don't technically work in photography either, and I love it. Not biased at all. In case you were wondering, I'm doing fine, even though I still don't have a job. I don't really have much to say about that, but I feel like I'm supposed to mention it, so there it is. I'll let you know when the situation changes. I think it's going to happen soon. I have a feeling. Anyway, settle into whatever you're doing and listen to my talk with Arna Reimer.
1: How old are your kids now?
0: Eight and ten. Oh, Almost oh, nine. Okay. They're becoming self-sufficient.
1: That's good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I much prefer it to having I to bet.
0: make all of their food and all it, do everything for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what are their names? Doris and Ruby. Ruby. And Ruby. Uh, yeah, Ruby, my dear. Salonius Monk. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're a jazz guy. Right, I'm that kind of guy, yeah. You, you are a jazz guy. No. That's
0: one of the reasons why you're here, right? <laughs> Maybe you don't know why you're here, but that's, that's one of the reasons you're here.
1: Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, you're about to tell me why I'm here. I remember you told me about this question of success that you wanted to talk about, yeah.
0: I, I, I did, and I do. And, um, okay, okay. And then you're all like, I'm a modest German guy. <laughs> I, I don't know why you think I'm successful, and' That's because, so typical me, yeah, I know There are a lot of different ways to look at success, right? And you aren't rich, so I guess that makes you unsuccessful. <laughs> Let me just say that making books and art is a job. it's It's not a job in the traditional yeah. sense. Right. Because most mm. people aren't asked to make art or asked to make a book. <laughs> you choose to make it and that's the work that you do. People ask people to teach people and, you know, you do that too. Or, or to keep track right. of money or to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to make consumable things. So mm-hmm. when you make a photo book or you make a photo or you make any kind of art, you do it because you want to do it.
1: Right. Right. That's from your own driven part from your inner source that that's what you wanted to do as a photographer yeah yeah
0: right and a lot of people do that and Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. find out that it's not very lucrative (laughs) and then they stop because they need or want (laughs) money and i understand because i need and want money i i I mean need is relative i suppose Mm, i want mm. more money (laughs) so nobody's ever asked you to make art. I, well, I, I'm, maybe someone has, but yeah, you've made several books.
1: True, yeah, because I think you have to. You're not creating images for the drawer, as my professor used to say right i mean where or you're not creating images for the hard drive yeah uh, (laughs) i am (laughs) (laughs) yeah you do (laughs) that's where
0: most of them live but
1: (laughs) (laughs) but once you create pictures you want them to be out there if if you think they are okay then you think oh maybe other people would be interested in this or that one has to has a sort of like ego to be convinced that these Images might be of interest for others, and if you're not, I guess then you're not interested in producing books. But books, as you mentioned earlier, are not definitely made for making money. I mean, it's more for uh, being uh, regarded in the in the photography world as somebody who's out there. I guess it's not really for making money. If you want to make money with photography books, you have to do like um, cookbooks with photographs or photo books of Barack Obama, for example, mm-hmm. which sold a lot. That's a big one. Yeah, that's really a big one. <laughs> I and they're, so they're great. Topics. I mean,
0: it's not to take anything away from that type of commercial. No, they're not bad. Actually. They're fantastic, it's but it's not the same thing.
1: Right. I mean, with with art photography and with or. Especially with music books and jazz books, it's it is such a niche, you know. It's it's a niche of a niche, actually. <laughs> it's so tiny, but it finds its audience somehow at some point. I was lucky that my books were promoted, and or I promoted some of them myself. Yeah, they sold in a fast time in a short time, of, and so I mean the edition. So the print run was not that big. So they were sold out after a few months, which was great. I can't complain.
0: No. <laughs> so I would imagine it okay. must be satisfying to sell out your, your run of, of
1: yeah, books. Yeah, it is. A, right. It is a sort of this satisfying feeling. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I need to do more books, but <laughs> or I would like to do some more books, but there has to be a project which is really worth being out there. Sure. So, and sometimes I'm doing long time projects, uh, or most of the time I'm doing long time projects, and so it always takes a while until the next is ready, and then you have to find the the a way to finance it, which is always a pain. Mm-hmm. Well, some of my students, I mean, they produce their own books, uh, self publish, which is which is also a good way to do it, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends uh, if you really want to have a big distribution or not. That's one point. Because a self-published book might end up on your website and no one pays attention to it. That's true. That's how how less... are they
0: self-publishing? Are they using a service like Blurb or are they... Yeah,
1: something like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Blurb, do people still do Blurb? Yeah, I mean, these companies are more or less the same. Are, the blurb is still out there. Then there is White Walls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all these companies are um, more or less the same, I guess. Mm. Right. Yeah. And they're nice. Yeah, some of them doing a good job. You just have to pick or choose the right settings, I guess. Sure. <laughs> because otherwise, sometimes my students they do they end up with the sort of like same book all over. Like it looks the same, and they prefer horizontal books, which is to me a lot of very boring, actually. Oh yeah? Why? Yeah, because there there are already too many horizontal books out there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I've seen too many. (laughs) Well... I mean, there, there are examples in the history of photography where there are very successful yeah. horizontal ones. That's I'll make true.
0: a note of that. Arna does not like horizontal books. <laughs> <laughs> Too many horizontal books.
1: <laughs> well, especially in the 2000 years or 2000 in 90s, there was a publishing company from Germany, Hatsikans, and all they published was half linen, uh, they call it. Oh, yeah. Um, no, that's a good look. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> there were just too many. Sorry, <laughs> no, I, hear, I hear you. <laughs> so anyway, I, pre- I think I prefer Upright for the books. <laughs> right on. Right, I actually haven't seen any of your books. Oh, I can send you some stuff or send you either physical or digital, whatever. The first two ones were the books on jazz, American jazz heroes that I visited and interviewed in the U.S. Yeah. And And I did not have a saying in those what, considering the design, um, because the money came from the publisher and he wanted a square book with a reference to the age of the vinyl. LP, exactly. Right, right. And from today's point of view, I would have done it, I guess, differently. But back then it was the way it was. Uh, It's like nine years ago now, yeah. Anyway, and then my own book in uh, two thousand seventeen on on the analog age on record stores that was um, that produced upright. <laughs> uh, it's entitled Long Play, very simple title.
0: <laughs> well, I guess I could include links to buy them, but you said they're all sold out. So I guess people are going to have to search for them on the on the uh, in libraries or on the used market.
1: Right, the used market still has some copies. It's not a rare item yet. <laughs> okay, so I think it's like. Forty or fifty bucks, I don't know. <laughs> did you see that, uh, Ju- Ju- that Judy? Um, Judy has a book out. She has um, two books out.
0: Oh, two. Ooh. I talked about it with her. We had. She did this as well. I have uh, the first one here. I haven't. I haven't actually seen the mm-hmm. the second one in person. I've seen the pictures, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, where some of the pictures. And it's yeah, it's a lovely book. It's it's made mm-hmm. it very well. The the prints look great. It's yeah, it's very good. And it was great talking to her too because she has a she has a lot of a lot of stuff to
1: say. Yeah, it's, I bet she does. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know. she's a good person somehow. Yeah, right? and
0: that book was like a crazy runaway hit during COVID. Oh, it okay. was, it went nuts. She was written up in like Aperture and um, really, yeah, she was Whoa. she was written up everywhere. It was crazy. Whoa, Whoa. yeah, amazing. I Just didn't know Google that. it, you'll see. Like she, uh, maybe it wasn't. It was if it wasn't Aperture, it was one of the other big ones. She got a lot of press. It was crazy.
1: Wow. Oh, that's so good for her. Yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> I felt so
0: happy yeah. for her because when she was working at Wellesley, she was just like the workhorse teacher. Exactly. And it's yeah. just so great to see her get recognition for her actual work.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And she's so deserves it. Yeah. I, I
0: truly believe that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. She really was a workhorse. And uh, I mean, she's such a good human being who yeah. was so friendly with everybody.
0: Yeah. I don't know if she felt this way but I told her that she was a compulsive mentor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> she was.
1: <laughs> and uh
0: I think it's a good quality. <laughs> it is, yeah. It was nice talking to her.
1: Yeah, oh, I bet. You must, but but you kept in contact anyway? Yeah, or?
0: sporadically, occasional emails, but we didn't have like a weekly chat or anything. <laughs>
1: I, I, I try to keep in touch with people,
0: and that's one of the reasons I do this because it, it's uh, yeah. it's nice to get in touch with people who I haven't spoken with for years.
1: Right, right, yeah, yeah, it is good idea of yours, yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I mean, all these memories come up. And then <laughs> even the Wellesley memory. I mean, I remember the time when we were both working there, it was like the sort of like beginning of everything becoming digital. Yeah. But but it's not. it was not quite there yet. And so I remember you had to fly out somewhere with a plane. And uh, before that plane trip, you'd Insistently, you wanted to watch one specific movie on the plane and you tried to downsize the movie so that you can see it on your on your cell phone. And back then, it wasn't actually possible. Everything but you made is it work. Yeah, exactly. And so you made it work. It was so funny.
0: That's, that's, what, that's why I was there, because I made things work.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Jim made things possible. Everybody loved you, man. It was, uh, <laughs> was, great. It was, it was a good time. They were good it times. Was, yes. It was a really good time. <laughs> it's good to feel valued exactly and recognized and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah it <laughs> doesn't
0: happen everywhere, unfortunately,
1: that life could be so much easier or the world could be easier if this would happen everywhere yeah
0: agreed. Mm-hmm. you said you felt like the jazz audience for your for your books is a is a niche audience, and they find the book somehow before that you mentioned when you were in visiting Rotterdam that. You know, you go to record stores. I think that it's kind of the same thing. If, you, if that's your thing, you just go towards it naturally.
1: <laughs> that's true, yeah. <laughs> so jazz
0: people <laughs> gravitate towards jazz books. One of the, one of the things that I, I like about you, or one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, is because you gravitate towards these situations that make it possible to make these books. Speaking of Judy, one time we were at dinner at Judy's house, uh-huh. And you told a story about, it. and what? we were all just kind of sitting there like, what? You told this story about how you casually bumped into Ornette Coleman on the street and then went to his apartment. I mean, that's just crazy. I, I, and you made it happen. It's just like jazz finding finding the jazz enthusiast in the flesh. And then you, you get a chance to photograph a legend. I don't know if you have that story
1: cashed up, but... Yeah, um, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you have to be lucky because I remember... For that project, I was visiting and interviewing these old legendary jazz musicians in the USA, and I had sometimes really difficulties to get in touch with these people, because they don't have a website, or I didn't even know their name or the number of their managements, and so on. So there was a lot of research included, and um, it sometimes took two years until I found a person, or until I was allowed to interview and photograph a person. And then with Ornette Coleman, it was exactly the same thing. That free jazz guy was sort of like represented by his son who is pretty lame actually Denardo Coleman uh, I mean he's sort of nice but he's not very helpful somehow <laughs> and <laughs> so that kind of person so by coincidence I was out on the streets in New York City Manhattan uh, in a summer night uh, I think it was like 6th or 7th avenue walking it up in manhattan and all of a sudden a guy walked towards me very slow and accompanied by a younger woman who was having her bike with her and they were having a conversation i couldn't believe it i, I immediately recognized it i said gee that's on Coleman." <laughs> 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 and, and, and after I couldn't any get in touch with him, of course i t- I started talking to him and I asked him "Hi, Mr. Coleman and he was so kind and sweet and and saying hi and who are you what are you doing and so i introduced myself and um, i briefly talked to him and then i couldn't believe it i told him that i would love to meet him and then he gave wrote down his phone number (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) it's really awesome that's so good (laughs) i couldn't believe it It was really nice he said to me yeah come up Tomorrow or the day after that. And I I did. Because he's such a legend. And I had this phone number. Always when I was in New York, I I visited him. So I visited him like three or four times. Now you guys
0: are bros. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, but but seriously, I think he must have been like this with almost everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, who knows? But also,
0: like, you got to figure... How many people are actually going to recognize him on the street? Oh yeah, well, yeah, right. It must be. It must feel pretty good to get recognized, <laughs> especially you know you're an old guy. It's like, hey, man. <laughs> More people are going to recognize him than most people, but still, it, I'm sure it wasn't an everyday occurrence.
1: Yeah, right. You must be somehow knowledgeable, or you must have this visual memory that you recognize these people. But exactly. Yeah, yeah, but since these are all my heroes, I immediately <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, this is, and I mean these stories they stick with you for your whole life, right? So. Yeah, well, it
0: stuck with me. I, I I remember being there in at Judy's house. I we were all just kind of like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs>
1: Really, wow!
0: Because <laughs> you were all casual about it, <laughs> like it was, yeah. Like we well, could, and maybe it's just because you're German, and the way you talk it sounds very, <laughs> yeah. very calm and rational. But it was, it was very, uh, it was, it was quite a scene. You know, the light was low, and you <laughs> We were yeah, all very I, impressed.
1: Wow, I, I mean, I uh, seriously. I guess I did not tell the story to impress anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you make me aware that I might be really typical German, like sort of like a little bit soft. Well, not soft-spoken, but... but um, yeah. Um well there are other Germans with other characteristics of, course of course there course. Are. Yeah, yeah. But I, I hear what you're saying, yeah.
0: It was just very matter of fact and and evenly delivered. <laughs> okay. Not like, "Oh my god, I I bumped into this legend on the street." That's how I would tell it. And yeah. and, and you 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 were very very flat and even. <laughs>
1: it's so great you remember that <laughs> yeah I mean how uh, yeah but like wow. you
0: said like you say it sticks with you it's stuck with me as well now it's going to stick with everybody who listens to this
1: <laughs> right which right.
0: isn't a ton of people <laughs> but it's it's more than more than 12
1: more than 12 do you have a lot of do you, do you how many followers do you I, have it's, it's
0: hard to know I, I th- every episode gets a different number of uh, okay, downloads
1: okay. there's another funny story that I keep Telling when I talk about the American Jazz Heroes project, which is like the other free jazz legend, which is uh, Mr. Cecil Taylor. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you so you know him? I, I, I mean, I know yeah. who he is.
0: It's not yeah. he's not in my collection, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to live with two different jazz students, so that was kind of my ah. introduction to. I know you know a lot of the the European and Asian jazz guys that are contemporary, but the ones that I know are all the either really old. Dead or dead guys, you know, like Uh, like the legends, the uh, those I know, basically all of them. I've heard most of them. Sometimes I can pick them out.
1: Yeah, that's good. Uh, I mean, there are just too many. I always think it's important to not losing the overview on like important musicians from other genres. I mean, Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be the idiot of just one genre and (sighs) they know everything about jazz, but then you don't have a clue. Who is Leonard Bernstein or something? No. Right. I mean, right. Yeah, so. Well, that's, that's not, not you. That's,
0: that's definitely not you. Uh,
1: no, no, that's not totally I remember me. having
0: a conversation with you about Towns Van Zant.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. <did> really? <laughs> Ooh, Towns. <laughs> <laughs> let's <laughs> see that's why i wanted to come to the usa because before uh, i hardly knew townsend before i came to the usa yeah and and so i was so interested in american culture and american music and so i got to know townsend Zand, and years later then there was this documentary movie out on out on him in his theaters and um yeah i remember how i picked up the music in the u.s of townsend um I remember when I was living in Jamaica Plain, that there is this wonderful thrift store, Boomerangs. Yep. <laughs> it's still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, well, I g- used to go there and um, I found these and CDs there and I bought them all. <laughs> nice. <laughs> was...
0: You're lucky that you did because I feel yeah, like the kids right. who work there pick out all the good stuff before it That's... hits
1: the floor. Exactly. I notice that now as well. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's true. The kids, they do pick out the good stuff. And uh, so that's, it almost leaves nothing else good for, for the customers, which is really bad. <laughs>
0: we have a chair here for, that we bought there, and I have many coffee mugs that I bought there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say one other, one other amusing, uh, well, I think it's amusing thing about Boomerang. When when Marlene's parents came to visit us in Jamaica Plain, Marlene took them there because she thought, "Oh, this is a nice secondhand store. Maybe my mom will find some quirky thing that she can buy." And <laughs> evidently, boomerang—the profits from boomerang go to uh, AIDS or something like. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So, uh, Marlene's mom refers to boomerang as the AIDS vincle or, or <laughs> oh. the AIDS shop.
1: <laughs> oh no!
0: I think boomerang's a much better name. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, that's true. For me, that store was somehow of importance because that kind of store, we actually do not have these kind of stores in Europe oh. or in in Germany. Well, we have something similar, but not exactly these kind of thrift stores. And that was totally my world. And I loved it. And I always, during my studies of photography, I always did go there checking out uh, stuff and, and music, sometimes even clothes or so, but mostly it was music. You are totally right. Uh, after a while, I also noticed after, well, you find some things here and there on music, uh, which are okay, but you never find the great, rare stuff. Yeah. Or And then you really start to think, yeah, the the kids are picking it out before it comes into the store.
0: Yeah, no, you I mean, you just, just walk into that place. It's like it's staffed by art students. Like, they're totally yeah, taking exactly. all the good stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: When I was there recently, I was surprised because usually it's like LPs are there for like, whatever, $2 yeah, or so. Yeah,
0: nothing. It's crazy.
1: It's crazy. And then they, I walked in there recently and then they had like uh, Miles Davis and Thelonious Monk LPs, but they were priced up way higher. Uh, so some somebody must have had knowledge about the yeah. market values of these LPs. When was that? yeah i was there in january this year oh, okay yeah well yeah. jamaica Plane's totally
0: different now and also with e- ebay and the discogs and, and all that stuff the right it's really hard to get a, a deal exactly. on a record now it's it's nearly impossible i think yeah that's
1: that's true everybody knows that um that website of discogs and yeah, yeah that's true yeah the, the jamaica plane is a little different now that's 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 for sure yeah
0: lots of german yeah. cars oh is that right oh okay. my god it's crazy there were still art students living there when, when, <laughs> when, when I lived there, when you lived there. Now, I don't think that there are a lot of art students living there now.
1: <laughs> because they cannot afford it? No, mean, no,
0: because it's like, oh. it's, you know, it's upper middle class people now, all upper middle class people maybe the students are also upper middle class but they're not buying the houses
1: (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) yeah friends of mine used to live there and they wanted to buy something and they couldn't afford buying in jamaica plain so they bought in Roslindale.
0: yeah and i don't even know if they could do that anymore
1: yeah well it's a while ago so i guess yeah by now maybe they couldn't do it anymore yeah it's just a totally
0: different ball game now
1: for me, it's so strange to to come back to these places because uh, in total, I was living in the US for like three years and somehow it has, well, as... Always in life, there were good sides and bad sides, but somehow it felt a little bit like home at some point. And so coming back to Boston is always funny to me because I have all these memories of being a student there, and uh, it's like twenty years ago now. And life, of course, goes on. And but you think back to things that you did back then, and you think, oh, gee, I did that crazy thing which I would not do today anymore. (laughs) And and, then you have memories of, yeah, social memories of. Of, of friends and experiences and whatever and mm-hmm. so more or less you notice how you got older. <laughs> I mean
0: everyone does that but I've, coming, right. going to another country for school is a pretty formative, a right. pretty formative event it's a pretty right. major thing
1: yeah the, for me it was so important to go to another country and um, I even treasured uh, my home country in a different way when I came back so like okay this is Europe where I'm from and I like Europe as well And I saw it from a slightly different perspective. Right. Um, Yeah. But I saw just the other day, I told my students... when you're done studying here and you want to do, in addition, your MFA, go to another country, get out of the comfort zone and mm-hmm. try something else. And they looked at me like, What are you talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: but I like being comfortable. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: I don't think that that's something that you ever shied away from. I feel like you are always in a constant state of adaptation, getting into adventures and stuff. Uh,
1: shit, you are so right. How did you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just,
0: I, I don't know. I just feel like you were always like someplace on your bike or like yeah, exactly. something didn't go right.
1: <laughs> yeah. There was always
0: something going on.
1: <laughs> shit, you are right. It's true. I, I tra- oh, gee, you observed me pretty well. <laughs> there was truly always something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was always was giving you a ride somewhere because something weird (laughs) happened (laughs) Jesus, i don't remember specifics i just remember it's like okay whatever
1: (laughs) it's also kind of (laughs) i'm a good guy (laughs) yeah yes
0: but it was fun it's fun it's fun and it's also cool to hear about it was cool to hear about your adventures at the time
1: Oh, okay. Well, it was crazy things. I remember um, because I had no money, I was living with the father of Alice. Yes. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) The place was cool, too. The place was cool, yeah. (laughs) He was like 80 years old. And I was his roommate, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he loved it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. In Germany, that would never happen. Never. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he must have loved it. At least he accepted me. He was really nice. Yeah,
0: of course. He just liked hanging out, I'm sure you know yeah yeah yeah,
1: exactly and his daughter Alice she's still teaching at Wellesley yeah Uh, yeah I assume so why would um, would she leave (laughs) right right and anyway what I was talking about adventures yeah I did some crazy things with a bike in the way that I was not fear of long distances because I somehow had to make it make it and I didn't have a car so I was going from Newton to Massart with my bike for like more than an hour it was ridiculous so yeah so european approach so typical of me early and i would not do that today anymore it's definitely a
0: doable bike ride and i've i've done it many times but every day mm. that would be brutal especially in bad yeah. weather
1: or in the winter it gets freaking cold there right right it was well not i did not do it every day but i remember maybe three times a week to going to mass art and then it was very cold in the winter time and i had really issues with my bike going in the winter time to to school (laughs) yeah (laughs) crazy yeah crazy stuff i i know oh Gee, and then I had to move every now and then. uh, Before and uh, a (laughs) gee, Jesus!
0: Before you Uh, hooked up with Alice's dad,
1: right? Right, exactly. And how do you move? And so you have to hook up with friends who who bring your stuff from one place to another. Or I also remember I was when I was working at Wellesley, I was um, sometimes using either the computer for doing Photoshop work or the analog darkroom. And sometimes I was really late and then I left wildly at like, Maybe 3 a.m. Yeah. and it was raining, and I drove the whole way with a bike to Newton during the rain. So, like, so
0: nice.
1: Yeah, so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <It's ridiculous. laughs> and I remember taking off my shoes because I didn't want my shoes to be wet. So, uh-huh. I, <laughs> so, it was so that's
0: really smart, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want wet shoes the next day, right?
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember my pedals were made of metal, so my my naked feet started to hurt on the bike somehow. Uh, yeah, yeah, that hurt after a while. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so ridiculous. Me in the rain in some. Well, luckily it was summer, so it was not cold. Yeah, yeah. but it was raining, and oh, Jesus. Public transportation is a mess in the USA. It, um, it
0: is inside the
1: city, it's fine, but yeah, right. But outside, but
0: between cities, is yeah, it's nearly non-existent.
1: Right. You cannot go from Wellesley to Newton. It's not possible. You can.
0: There's a train and it leaves once every hour and a half or something. (laughs) (laughs) And it's never on time.
1: Of course not.
0: (laughs) Except for that one time when you're two minutes late. (laughs)
1: That one time. (laughs) See, talking to you, all these memories come back up. It's Missing trains and then punching a wall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say that I ever did that. (laughs) Why did you go to the U.S.? Or why did you go to Mass Art?
1: Well, going to the U.S. was really because the interest of American culture, American music, and especially American photography. I was sort of like introduced in Germany to American photography. And I always wanted to know how does the country look like where this kind of image comes from, you mm-hmm. know, um, and wanted to get a feeling for the country. And of course, there are all these desires and uh, legends and dreams about the USA, the American dream. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get an idea how how it is to be in that country. And I thought it might be good to get also experience from a different perspective, from a foreign, foreign kind of view and... So I applied for a grant, and uh, a second, first time it didn't work out. The second time it worked out. I was lucky to get a Fulbright grant. Nice. That was really nice, yeah. And then um, I went to Mass Art in Boston because it is the only college which is supported by the state. I think it is. Yeah, so that's the reason why the classes are relatively cheap with, like, mm-hmm. 10,000 grants a year or something. like. So that's why the people from Fulbright said, oh, yeah, 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 you can go there.
0: <laughs> it just so happens to be a pretty decent photography yeah, program. Yeah, it was
1: – right. It was okay. I mean, now I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I, I already heard that story, that sad story of uh, Nick, Nick Nixon. Oh, yeah, happened. yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we, I guess we're not talking about that. Yeah, I'm
0: not opposed to mentioning it. I just don't really know all the details, and I don't feel <coughs> it's my place to talk about that. You're still I teaching, have... right?
1: Yeah, I'm still teaching. Because um... you kind of have to, though.
0: That's, I feel like that's what a lot of photographers and artists teach because they need to pay the bills
1: that's true um i'm in a lucky situation at this moment where i'm do not depend that much anymore from teaching because i started another job in vienna where i am a sort of like a photo researcher or a photo historian working, Ooh, cool. which is really great yeah it's really nice it's a very nice job so i'm going back and forth between vienna and leipzig and between austria and germany But I still teach, and I still like to teach, and I'm teaching at different schools in Berlin and Leipzig. It's a different generation now, different than mine, of course, and yeah, still trying to kick their butts, and sometimes you have to find the right, right words to do that. And you have to be very careful with, because some, yeah, some are very sensitive, and so you have to be careful and i notice that many students are using photography as a sort of like therapy for their own issues they do have and of course that's one way to do it but it is, <laughs> it, is it is it can be difficult at some points Yeah, <laughs> it, it can be a little boring for others i'm always trying to tell them well interesting for you but who else might be interested in that to yeah. look at that and once i say that they already feel offended a little bit so really yeah yes you have to be really careful with what you say <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> because they think they are at the center of the world and everybody's looking at them and this is the most important problem that everybody's waiting for to look at yeah <laughs> so yeah i really have to be careful what you're doing and what you're saying and you have to take them serious with everything and i'm trying to do that (laughs) many times it's not about photography anymore it's about social issues you don't you don't talk about images anymore at some point right you you talk about their issues and so hmm.
0: you're not talking about how contrasty a print is
1: (laughs) you know what in digital ages it's not about that anymore no (laughs) (laughs) this
0: could use a touch more contrast yeah yeah or a touch less contrast it's a little little dark
1: over here I need some shadow detail (laughs) These kids became so good with Photoshop. They do that on their cell phone sometimes. Oh, for and real? Yeah, sometimes they do, and uh, they're even better than I. I. I mean, I'm not. I'm not great with Photoshop at all. I only know the basics. But then um, I know what I need to know. Yeah. But, the, they, but the kids, they are really good with, with doing so much stuff. And um, and it's funny with this movement of, of this sort of revival of analog photography that's taking place yeah. since a few years. So the kids are interested in chemistry again and in paper and then they are totally astounded. What, what photography can do and, so, mm-hmm. and all these basic things that you and I grew up with yep. you know and that's for them another world it's it's so funny <laughs>
0: it is kind of funny do you still have the carbon fiber toyo four by Oh, that's so funny
1: I, I do have it do you remember I have that yeah wow. man Dude, oh, that camera you was you cool it does I... how why do you remember that one <laughs> um I
0: feel like you maybe you were buying it around the time or yes, you, you were sh- you true. were shopping and then maybe you finally bought it while you were still working at Wellesley,
1: right? That's true. Yeah, right. That's so funny. You remember that? Yeah, I I I I had it in my hand yesterday because I wanted to show it to the students when I was teaching yesterday, and they told me, "Oh, we already we already know view cameras, so don't you need don't you don't need to unpack it." <laughs> so okay. they were pretty cool. <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay. You're too cool for school. I guess. Yeah. Moving
0: on. Much like the names of photographers, a lot of people that are listening probably don't know what a 4x5U camera is. I'm just going to say, think about in the movies when it's an old-timey movie and they've got the guys carrying those giant cameras with the flash. Mm. Those those are 4x5 cameras. Mm. These are sort of like that, but not designed to be handheld. Necessarily. Yeah, some,
1: right. I mean, people like Ouija, they were hand it back yes. then. Yeah, yeah. I only used it on a tripod. <laughs>
0: yeah, most people do.
1: Yeah. And I must say that I stopped using it at some point long ago because I noticed it slowed me down too much somehow. So I went back to medium format again, which is more, I, I'm more flexible and I need to be able to move. And especially when you take pictures of musicians you have to be you have to be fast because they are not patient so you have to be quick and so I used medium format there was no need to use 4x5 it was too much of a hassle and medium format it was just fine it was doing it oh yeah uh, it's I, great it's great yeah and now since a while I am using digital only because well it's, it's a question of the budget um, mm-hmm. Medium format is just—it's like very expensive to buy films and get it developed. It's processed. so expensive now. Yeah, it's so expensive. So I slowed down on digital only, um, unfortunately. But that's well—it saves a lot of space also. Uh, you're not producing these full binders anymore <laughs> with yeah. with all the negatives inside. <laughs> yeah, but then there's the storage. Right. The storage is still a difficult thing, and no one knows what will happen to your files. And the backups. And the backups, yeah. What will happen to the backups? (laughs) That's Um, the question.
0: Mine are just going to disappear as soon as I die. No way. Family's going to be like, we don't care. Bye. It's a running joke at my house that if we ever do something that's considered sort of dangerous, I say, If I die, you can have all my cameras. (laughs) And everybody goes, We don't want your cameras.
1: (laughs) What do they want? (laughs)
0: Your money. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they come to the wrong place. Because all I I got is cameras. (laughs) Are you collecting cameras? No, not. I mean, I have more cameras than most people.
1: Okay. (laughs) But uh,
0: I have one expensive, fancy Disney. Digital camera one of the sony ones you know a sony mm. a7r3 mm, nice it is nice it, it's amazing and it's it's small i i like the size i also have a pentax 67 i have yeah, i it, have it as well yeah it's which is amazing but it's so freaking heavy i know, um, I know. and I mine is it. one of the really old ones it doesn't have the mirror lockup, so it's like oh okay it's really old it's super beautiful and i i like it And in, in fact i went on a trip to to Tokyo before the kids were born and the only camera I brought was the Pentax 6-7 and a, super, <laughs> and a Super 8 camera. So all the pictures that I took in Tokyo were handheld with the Pentax 6-7. A Pentax 6-7, for those of you who don't know, just picture whatever you think a 35 millimeter camera looks like and then magnify it by about 10 times so it just looks like a gigant or <laughs> 35 millimeter camera <laughs> to a single lens uh reflex camera Whoa. that was my choice i don't know what the hell i was thinking so and then i've got the wista
1: oh wista it's okay. a wista
0: 45 sp i've got a pentax lx i have a bunch of super eight cameras huh.
1: Yeah, it's enough. You don't need. Yeah, more. I, I I I do
0: not need more cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but most of the time, I just use the Sony and Super Eight.
1: Yeah, it's so funny when I see. I recently was at a at an opening at my art academy, and then you see people running around with these analog, thirty five millimeter cameras, like Canon AE one or something. Yeah, like that. those are those are great. Yeah, they are great. I owned one myself, but then they're using it today, and yeah. I guess they think they are very fashionable, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like these these damn hipster stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't take it serious.
0: There's also a huge culture of people who fetishize the the point and shoot cameras from the '80s.
1: Oh, really? Is that right?
0: Yeah, like especially the higher end ones. Uh-huh. Not not just like the Yashica T five or T the <laughs> Yashica Ts every brand had their super high end 35 millimeter point and shoot camera that was geared towards like businessmen and and people with money so mm-hmm. they're like these beautiful point and shoot cameras that have titanium bodies and and Ooh. nice dials and and manual controls and those things are worth a fortune now oh, wow
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> they're really cool looking <laughs> i mean
0: I kind of want one. <laughs>
1: oh. Oh, you're such a technical nerd. I, I, I'm one. a little bit. Uh, yeah. 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 Bit. Yeah. That's why you are working in the cage. You yeah. know, everything. <laughs>
0: but if, if, if I could go back in time, I would buy those things when they had no value whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> Same goes for records. For records yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Who's working the cage at Wellesley now? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I okay. have absolutely no idea. Okay. And Judy Black is long retired, I guess. Uh,
0: yeah. She told me when we were talking, but yeah, I-, I thought it was just a couple of years, but it turns out to be many more years <laughs> than I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Time marches on. There's a whole other world over there. Mm-hmm, I talked mm-hmm. to Dave, Dave Olson a lot and he's there, but um, mm. actually I haven't talked to him even for
1: a while. I should give him a call. Are you trying to stay in touch with your U.S. family back over there? Sure. Um, yeah. And you visit every now and then? Yeah, or... I haven't
0: visited since Corona, but um, okay, okay. There's there's possibility that we're going to visit this summer.
1: I also had no chance to go there during the pandemic time. So in January, I finally took chance and and I did it um, because I there was a tiny job I had. I had to take a portrait of a record producer, Michael Kuskuna. But then I also uh, wanted to look at some. Stuff that had to do with records, uh, looking at a collection. <laughs> of course. And yeah, anyway, so I was there just for a few days, maybe five or six days, and then I returned. It was a very short trip. Usually I come in summertime. Uh, Because I like to ride my bike around Boston. (laughs) So nice. From what I
0: understand, there are many more bike paths now.
1: Yeah, that's what I noticed in Boston just in January. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a very positive development. It is. It is. Yeah, that's right. When I was in New York, after I was in Boston, I was there for two days in Boston and four days in New York. And New York was like totally empty. It was crazy. What? Yeah, I mean, empty in the way because of COVID. You Uh, mean, there were not so many people out on the street, of course. And I saw stores that had to close down and the windows were dark and so on. That was my impression, at least. But it also might have to do with the fact that it was wintertime and not that many people were out on the street. Sure, I guess. Uh, Yeah, 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 of course. (laughs) You know, New York just shuts down in the winter. uh, Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) That's true. Well, maybe it was my impression there were many less people on the street. Yeah, it was a short trip, and then I came home and uh, continued teaching again, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, oh. that's
0: that's how it goes. That's the life of the teaching art maker.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I consider myself as an art maker, but but anyway, that's up up to others to say that. Um, at this moment, I am definitely not, but I'm trying to bring other books out there, at, but that still takes some time with these long-time projects. There are other projects that I would like to, re- to do where I would need to go over to the US and take photos there for some specific things, but then you have to get permission to do these, and that's always hard to achieve from another country to get the permission in another country. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, I can imagine the logistics are difficult. Yeah,
1: exactly. Logistics are always killing me. Like same as a chess project. Like all the logistics to travel the whole US within two weeks, and then come yeah. back with a tons of good pro- pro- portraits. Of the... Yeah, just make sure it all
0: happens in two weeks because yeah. that's because <laughs> that's how photography works. You have to work through all these guys' schedules and their weirdness, and 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 then you make the most <laughs> runaway successful book that ever happened <laughs> you failed <laughs> we needed we needed 10 15 20 jazz guys <laughs> i i know i already asked you this in email and we already talked briefly about feeling successful but do, do you feel successful
1: what well, i would consider like that i am successful within the photography area for for making a living but it's not the way of success to outside or to, to other people in the way that I'm I mean being successful is something different than being famous I guess and I don't want to be famous I just am happy if I can make a living by by photography and that's the only thing I I, I wanted because I was trained for that I study photography so I somehow want to make a living with photography and that's what I do now I'm although i do not produce images for magazines who pay me a lot of money that's what i'm not doing but i'm 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 teaching photography and i'm working for some music magazines with photography i'm working for some records companies here and there which is also music related obviously and i do have this research job in vienna and somehow all this has to do with photography in different photography genres and that makes me happy to be able to dedicate my main life content to to photography which is uh, which is great in that way I do feel successful, not driving a cab or something like that. You <laughs> <Right> know, <on>. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not for everybody. <laughs> and not. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I I hope that that's a sort of like okay answer to your all question. Right, it's a perfect
0: answer. First of all, there's no wrong answer. It's if as as long as you're being genuine, that's the right answer. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what about career missteps? Did you ever like kick yourself for missing an opportunity, or or did you ever Do something that you immediately or Hmm. eventually regretted?
1: Yeah, good question. Mm, Well, yes and no. I'm not sure if it's not always up to me to make decisions within the career path. Of course, I applied for several teaching jobs and I was invited to give a talk here and there, but then always somebody else uh, got the job. So that sometimes uh, can be very frustrating. And I did that. I applied for like 10 years. And at some point, you really have to let it go. And uh, you have to understand nobody wants you, you know,
0: (laughs) I (laughs) I understand and then I've come to that conclusion for
1: myself. <laughs> you
0: did. <laughs> but someday soon, someone's going to find out how valuable I really am.
1: So I was lucky that in another field of photography, somebody found out how valuable I am. So that's the Vienna job I'm working in now, which is nice. Uh, and I deal with photography books, old photography books from the 19th century and so on, because I have an understanding of paper and bookmaking and so on. So that's great that I was in demand there for that particular job. At that moment, you feel valued again, you know.
0: That sounds rather ideal. It sounds really nice.
1: Yeah, it it, thinks. It really is, yeah. And I'm still teaching, even if I do not have a, how you call that, tenure track, you call it, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if I never had and never will have something like that, uh, I'm still teaching here and there every now and then or I continuously teach since 15 years but your question uh, it was interesting when I in 2017 uh, my my two jazz books were awarded I got an award which was great it was very successful in a certain way Uh, I was very happy so I was on television and receiving this award which was funny I felt like I was at the Oscars (laughs) yeah buddy photobook Oscars yeah exactly yeah (laughs) But it was an award that was usually given to musicians only, so I was awarded with these two photography and jazz books, which was it was a wonderful moment and so I was thinking this might be the moment where things work wise or photography wise get started okay and- but it was a total mis, uh, misthought because no one called me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I did not get any jobs, oh, and and that's that's um, the reason for that is that on on the one hand you have to understand that you always have to promote yourself. Yeah, you, you yeah. can never lean back and think, "Oh, people call you." They never call you. Nope. Nope.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, they call some people.
1: Some people call, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of us need to call the people. Exactly, exactly. And and the other reason is that within the jazz field, it, it is such a niche, uh, there is hardly any work uh, to do in the jazz field because um, photography within the jazz field is like, um, it's so little. And uh, record companies, they, they just try to, get pictures for free where they do not have to pay anything. Magazines is the same. So whom do you want to work for? There's no work actually. But it's such good
0: exposure to just give give them your photos for free. (laughs) Everyone's going to see it. Then they're going to call you.
1: Well, I, that's what I'm, they tell you. Is what I'm trying to say. That's what they tell you. But it's I'm, a load of crap, is what it is. It is crap, and the, I passed that period long ago, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because my very first teacher told me uh, if you don't charge, uh, your photo does not has a, has a value. Yeah. That's what he's trying to say, and and I never forgot that. So. I remember even from the beginning when I started photography selling uh, black and white prints analog to uh, um, the magazine of the city with uh, with information on culture what's going on in that month I remember I charged eight bucks or something like that <laughs> nice. which was it was really nice and that was in 1992 or something like covers that covers some yeah. of the materials yeah it, it does <laughs> yeah. buying a Kodak Tri-X film for exactly. example yeah. so that's what my first teacher told me never give your pictures away for free and always on the backside you have to write your name otherwise yeah. you have a problem and I always did that and it's so funny because recently a movie company from Hollywood uh, contacted me because they found my name on the backside of a musician's photograph of Max Roach that I did 20 years ago.
0: That is awesome.
1: It's really awesome. And then they asked me, hey, do you have the copyrights? Are we allowed to use it in a documentary on Max Roach? What What are you charging? It's so funny. And, um, yeah, so luckily I always wrote my name on the backside. (laughs) Yeah,
0: for for real. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's actually the same today with the digital thing that you have to leave your... Every digital file should have the information on you. Metadata. Metadata, exactly, (laughs) metadata. So I tell my students, always do the metadata. Otherwise, you have a problem.
0: So is is that where our talk ends? Always include the metadata?
1: (laughs) Well, at least if you want to make a living with your images, that's where the talk could end. Yeah, Always leave the metadata. Yeah, it's important stuff. it it is (laughs) at least for somebody who wants to make a living yeah and everybody wants to be credited i remember like i was in the usa before the pandemic in 2018 and i was at a newsstand i looked in a jazz magazine and it had a huge uh two spread image of mine in there as a story uh, uh, as an image and it mentions Photograph, and then there was the name of a different person. <laughs> <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Pretty sure I was, he wasn't there. I was so mad. I would be furious. I was furious. Yeah, that's not a good story to that. But <laughs>
0: well, it, well, it kind of is. Did did you resolve it, or is it just you just had to accept it?
1: It's not really resolved yet. Basically, they were allowed to use that image for free, but they had to use my name, which they didn't. And I guess there was just an intern working there who mixed things up. And Blame so, the intern. Yeah, I had something similar uh, going on where I found my photograph by coincidence in the New York Times, and I did—they did not have the permission to Duh. print it. Yeah, and so I told those people I, should know better. Yeah, exactly. And so it took me a while to find out what was the source of the mistake, and it was the intern again. Of course, <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> always the intern. <laughs> I guess
0: that's the benefit of having hundreds of interns working for you. You can, you just you just get interns so you can blame people for all the mistakes that happen. <laughs> That guy doesn't know anything.
1: Anyway, that's where we can end. Yeah.
0: Oh, actually, one one more thing. This is this is where we can end. This is where we can end. If you were to be wildly successful, what would that look like? What what what's like your dream of success?
1: (laughs) Pooh, that's a very good question. And I, I I
0: don't know what it would be for me. I'm just
1: wondering what it would be for you. (laughs) It's it's a good question. Very good question because. The more you make up, the more it shows that you're not happy with your life the way it is now. I guess (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: one way to look at it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, one really has to be careful what you say, what you how you reply to that question. But it's a good question, I guess. Um, I would like the projects that I'm planning, that I'm photographing, it would be so much easier to do them to photograph them if I would have had access to certain things. And also if traveling, traveling could be so much easier if you would just have a little bit more money to travel, so to do these projects, but other than that, I mean, material wise, um, well, what can I say? having this or that camera, that's something you can save money and somehow do that. Yeah, that's, that's not really what I meant. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, I know. But it's You can always like, get a camera. I, I know, I know. So the cliche answer to your question would be like being a successful photographer, living in the south of France, <laughs> <laughs> having tons of friendly people around you uh, and listening to jazz music. <laughs> right from on. vinyl, yeah, right, right on. on. Uh, it sounds to
0: me like making some of the logistics easier is is basically your dream
1: (laughs) well maybe it's not your dream but it is it would be nice right right Uh, i mean the dream uh, hmm, i think i'm trying to to find a better answer to your question Um, it's not required okay okay but it's a it's a good question actually i mean there are so many uh, aspects that could get into that question like if you now would open up this whole situation on the world we're living in now with the war situation and so on and so on which makes your own life so little somehow you know but that's not a good way to end this podcast <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: we want to end, end on an up note
1: yeah exactly exactly I definitely would like to publish more stuff and I would love if making books would be easier and um, doing projects would be easier and of course the situation when i mentioned the south of france of course it's the desire to have a nicer climate of course <laughs> of course it's nice down there okay i mean the most important thing is to be to feel uh to feel that someone is out there who loves you right and that's the most important thing like that's what they say and i think i can agree to that <laughs>
0: it is nice
1: it, yes it is nice yeah
0: but you know it would also be nice if some stuff was easier yeah i think it's like life
1: oh yeah 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 right (laughs) Right.
0: it can always be better (laughs) yes maybe i just need to start not thinking that way and then it'll be better Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) the problem is within right (laughs) i'm gonna say goodbye
1: okay that's fine and i'm gonna say um, thank you well, I'm thanking you for hooking up with me. It was such a pleasure to talk with you again and to hear from you and talk to you. I really like
0: talking to you too. And I hope that if you do, Wonderful. if you come back to Rotterdam, uh, yeah. you, you let me know. Even okay. if it's just to drink a uh, warm beverage or something. Okay, that's that's what I will do. Thanks for being on the show. Sure.
1: Thank you for your interest. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. That was Arna. What a great talk. The guy is so earnest and I love it. Also, talking to him reminded me to listen to Towns Van Zant more often. In fact, I listened to him earlier today. Those of you who know me know that I'm a rock guy, but I'm also a sucker for a sincere voice, and that guy really has one. But this is Arna's episode, not Town's episode. Some of the universal takes from our talk could be that you should always put your name on it. That one has come up a few times on the show. If I'm not mistaken, the first time was in the very first show featuring Dorona. You can go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to it yet. Or you re-listen to it. If so many people say that you should take ownership of your work, it must be true. I, I, I believe that it's true. Also, don't work for free. I guess that's kind of, uh, obvious? But sometimes obvious things aren't that obvious. I don't know how that works. Double also, your dream doesn't need to be complicated put yourself out there and start doing the stuff that you want to do. With time, luck, and perseverance, it could work out. Of course, there are no guarantees, but it's definitely not going to happen if you don't do anything. If you want to know more about Arna and his work, you should go to his website, arna.rimer.de. Check the show notes for that and other links relating to his work. Thanks for being on the show, Arna. I had a great time. Also, thanks to Ed at Boomcast.com for post-production services. And thank you, dear listener, I hope you got something out of the episode. If you did, why not subscribe and listen to the others? That would be great. If you're feeling extra generous, share it with a friend. Review it. I mean, if you hate it, please don't give it a negative review. Contact me directly and I will gladly receive your critique. But if you want to help a guy out, a five star review on Apple would be fantastic. You could also check me out on Instagram at Feel Free to Deviate. Like, follow, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Of course, if you prefer not to engage at all, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Up next is Shane Flaherty. He's an arborist, teacher, farm owner, and tech entrepreneur, among other things. He's got his fingers in a lot of pies. Check him out in two weeks. Until then, I urge you to breathe deeply and intently. Have a good one. Goodbye.